Barukatai Adonai Eloheinu, Melech HaOlam, blessed art thou, Lord, our God, King of the universe, thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen, amen. Thank you for joining me. My name is Troy Napoleon Brown here on the Fishbowl Radio Studios in Hearst, Texas, on a uh, pretty pretty foggy and dismal day. I trust everything is going well with you and your family. Uh, I know mine is blessed, and I'm thanking the Lord for it. And uh, we're kind of wrapping up here on this last Saturday here in Black History Month. We've been, you know, celebrating uh, black achievements through arts, literature, uh, cultural, everything. So uh, on this last Saturday, uh, I want to talk about maybe one of the one of the most misunderstood uh, verses in the Bible that really had led to a lot of. Um, uh, folks thinking that this verse meant what it didn't mean and everything. And that is in Genesis uh, 9, uh, verse 25. And through this verse, you know, you can look back on 400 years, whatever, that a lot of people felt that uh, this said that, you know, we as black people, you know, we were cursed because of this. But uh, I'm going to go into some detail on that. Again, uh, you want to break your Bible out, it's going to be Genesis chapter 9, Verse 25, wrapping it up here, Black History Month 2023. Let's start out with Chicago Mass and I Remember.
Mass and I remember, you know, we are not as black people cursed. Let me just say that. You know, we are created in the image and likeness of God just as much as every other ethnicity and, you know, of, of, of humanity. You know, the idea that, you know, we are cursed by God and divinely meant to be subservient to other races is often called, it's often called the curse of Ham based on an incident recorded in Genesis chapter 9. Now, you know, other allegations go back, you know, go further back to Genesis four, saying that the mark of Cain, which accompanied a curse upon Cain, was that Cain's skin was turned black. The problem is neither of these passages say anything at all about race, you know, or skin color. You know, and those who, you know, say that black people are cursed by God have no biblical basis uh, for their claims. And in Genesis nine. We read Ham seizes his father. You know, he's lying drunk, naked in his tent. That's verse 20 through 22. Ham tells his brothers of their father's condition, and the, the brothers cover their eyes and respectively, uh, respectfully cover their father. Uh, and when Noah came to, he discovered what had happened and leveled a curse on Canaan, you know, one of Ham's sons. You remember that, one of Ham's sons. And it says in Genesis 9, verse 25, and he said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants, shall he be unto his brethren. You know, the descendants of Ham, according to the Bible, included the Assyrians, the Canaanites, the Egyptians, and the Ethiopians. We see that in Genesis chapter 10, verses 6 through 20. You know, those who adhere to the theory, you know, that black and or dark-skinned people are cursed have pointed to the fact that Ham's descendants include Africans. You know, they also say Ham's name, which means hot in Hebrew, is evidence uh, that uh, dark-skinned people of the world who mostly come, you know, from warmer clients are all Ham's children and therefore part 
of the curse of Ham. And sadly, even even today, you know, some folks justify their their animus and um, and discriminatory practices towards us because of this belief. You know, and furthermore, you know, a few early Christian theologians sometimes use this reasoning in an attempt to explain and uh, not necessarily endorse why some people were uh, routinely, you know, enslaved. And I find it interesting that there's now a concerted effort, you know, to ban books, you know, especially those that pertain, you know, to African-American studies and courses and schools and in AP higher education. The question, the question is why? But let me say, however, God's word, amen, is absolute. It is written means it is written. You know, invoking the curse of Ham was a tactic developed, you know, during the rise of the Atlantic slave trade in an effort to justify forced racial bias slavery. The talk of uh, the curse of Ham was especially prevalent here in the United States in the lead up to the Civil War, both before, you know, and after that era. And uh, someone might be asking, well, you know, why was that? You know, I think it was a good way to deflect let me say this it was a good way to deflect what was really in those slave masters hearts which was greed you know becoming rich from free labor and of course racial pride racial pride remember the sin of pride was the first sin committed in the universe by satan let me give you a few scriptures pertaining to pride for the sin of their mouth in the words of their lips, let them even be taken in their pride and for cursing and lying, which they speak. Therefore, pride compasses them about as a chain. Violence covereth, covereth uh, them as a garment. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So the practice of race-based slavery was explicitly unbiblical. You know, let me point out just four scriptures to substantiate that. Okay, Galatians chapter 3, 28, that pertains to racism. It, it says, the Apostle Paul writing, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye all are one in Christ Jesus. And let's fast forward to sometime in the future when we're all standing before the throne, we see in Revelations chapter 7, Verse 9, and it says, After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongue, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hand. And when it comes to stealing, man-stealing, well, in Exodus 21, verse 16, it says, And he that stealeth a man and selleth him or he be found in his hand, he shall surely, surely be put to death. Seemed like they missed that verse some two or three hundred years ago. And what about masters being abusive uh, to their, their servants? It says in Exodus 21 verse 20, and if a man smite his servant or his maid with a rod and he die under his hand, he shall surely surely be punished you know the first point let me say a rebuttal against the idea that genesis 9 teaches that we are under a curse you know i've already mentioned nowhere 
is race or skin color mentioned, you know, in that chap chapter. So, and also secondly, Noah's curse is specifically levied, specifically levied against Canaan, not Ham. So, in literal terms, there is no such thing as a curse of Ham in the Bible. Canaan, not Ham, was predicted to become a slave to his brothers. You know, and many of Ham's descendants were, uh, they were never slaves. You know, for example, you know, the Egyptians, you know, children of Ham sent, uh, spent most of their history, you know, in a position superior to that of uh, Israel, you know, the children of Shem. And thirdly, the Hebrew terms used in Genesis 9, 25 through 27 are often found in context suggesting uh, in, uh, inferiority, but not, you know, forced labor per se. You know, the same word translated in Genesis 9:25 is used of Esau in relation, you know, to Jacob. You can, you can see that it's in uh, Genesis 27, 37 uh, through 40. And it says, and Isaac answered and said unto Esau, behold, I have made him, Jacob, thy Lord. And all his brethren have I given to him for servants. And with corn and wine I have sustained him. And what shall I do now unto thee, my son? You know, another example of Job in relationship to King David. Second Samuel 14, verse 22. And Job fell to the ground on his face and bowed himself and thanked the king. And Job said, Today thy servant knoweth that I have found grace in thy sight, my lord, O king, in that the king has have fulfilled the uh, request of his servant. And what about uh, Abraham in Genesis 18 verses three in relationship to the Lord? And Abraham said, and my Lord, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away. I pray thee from thy servant. So again, in none of these cases does the word carry an implication that literal slaves were involved. You know, and get this. You know, matter of fact, it's, you know, rarely heard or taught. The fulfillment of Noah's curse on Canaan occurred centuries later when the Israelites, again from the line of Shem, entered the land of Canaan and subdued, you know, the inhabitants of that land. You can see that in First Kings chapter 9, verse 20 through 21. And it says, and all the people that were left of the Amorites, Hittites, Prejudicites, Hivites, and Jebusites, which were not of the children of Israel, their children that were left after them in the land, whom, whom the children of Israel also were not able to utterly, uh, to utterly destroy. Upon those did Solomon levy a tri tribute of bond servants unto, unto this day. So to rebuke the theory that Genesis 4 teaches that, you know, we as black or dark-skinned people are cursed or deserving of discrimination, take note the wording of God's rebuke of Cain. It says in Genesis 4:11, now you're under a curse and driven from the ground. And it says the Lord put a mark on Cain, verse 15. Now, the Hebrew word translated mark is oweth. And nowhere in the Bible is always ever used to refer to skin color. 
The curse on Cain was on Cain himself. Nothing is said of Cain's curse throughout, you know, continuing throughout his uh, descendants. And besides, the mark of Cain was meant to, we see in verse 15, to protect him and should be considered a, um, a mitigation, you know, so to speak, of the curse, not the, the curse itself. And furthermore, there's absolutely no biblical basis for the idea that Cain's descendants, you know, had dark skin. You know, and it's been a um, been a hypothesis that unless you know one of Noah's sons' wives uh, was a descendant of Cain, I say possibly unlikely. You know, I think Cain's line ended, you know, with the flood. So let me conclude here. In short, the claim that we as dark-skinned black people are cursed by God comes from a worldly, anti-biblical attempt to justify racism. It also feeds into another narrative as in the day of slavery to cover other sins such as greed pride and ultimately violence there is no such thing as a curse of ham and there's no justification for race-based slavery what sets people against each other is the sinful nature of human beings when i come back let me go to the scriptures and then uh, we're going to talk about really uh, what the bible says what it says about racism here's chester d Baldwin, the god of another change it would not be right for us to leave this place and not give someone an opportunity to receive jesus it's a simple act of faith to confess that you are lost and you need a savior. Come trusting, come believing, but come. Don't put it off. Do it right now as the choir sings.
with my shelter pets, Frankie and Chance. Say hi, guys. When I adopted them, I discovered that they both have incredible personalities. Chance's sole purpose in life is to love and to be loved. Frankie is a little bit of a scoundrel and always entertaining. They're a little bit of a lot of things, but they're all pure love. Adopt pure love at theshelterpetproject.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the Humane Society of the United States, and Maddie's Fund. Podcasters, the name of the game is to get more visibility for your podcast so you can gain more credibility with your audience, thus more profitability. If you're ready to start syndicating your podcast and massively grow your audience and influence, then contact Fishbowl Radio Network today at 817-633-4880. Fishbowl Radio Network is one of the largest streaming platforms in the world. And now your podcast can be heard all over the world by the listening audience that Fishbowl Radio Network has amassed over the last 11 years. With over 6 million impressions a month and growing, this is a platform that all podcasters should be on to create greater visibility for their podcast. Jump in today and be a part of the Fishbowl family, streaming great live internet radio shows and podcasts 24-7, 817-633-4880. Jump in. Here's today's STEM tip. Don't throw out that old plastic bottle. Repurpose it by turning it into an awesome terrarium. Just fill it with sand, pebbles, soil, and your favorite plant. It'll grow sealed right in its own ecosystem. Learn more at SheCanSTEM. A message from the Ad Council.
Hi, this is your host, Pastor Clemens of the God's Warrior Show, broadcasting live each week on Saturday at 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Now log on to hear feel good gospel music, inspiration words, and exciting guest interviews. Be sure to log on to God's Warrior Show on Fishbowl Radio Network every Saturday to receive the blessing that you've been waiting for. On Fishbowl Radio Network, jump in. November 22, 2011 for the Tumblers Group. This is NHTSA Spanish Language Radio. You're listening to Thy Kingdom Come with Troy Napoleon Brown on Fishbowl Radio Network.
Mass, your grace and mercy. Where will we be without his grace and mercy that he's shown on our lives? Amen. Troy Napoleon Brown here. Talked earlier about there's no such thing as no curse of ham. And uh, now I'm going to talk about scriptures pertaining to racism. And uh, it's unbiblical. And you know what? There's a lot of, uh, you see a lot of it is just, you know, folks are getting out of control with this, man. Folks yelling at folks in the store and somebody have to, you know, knock that person out and we see all this um, anti-Semitic stuff happening. You know, it's just folks need to get their hearts right. You know, to get the mind right, first and foremost, you got to get your heart right. You know, so, but let, uh, first thing, let's, in this discussion, let me, let me just say there's, there's only, there's only one race and that's the human race. You know, have you, you know, ever told your children there's one race and, you know, it is the human race, you know, Caucasians, Africans, Asians, Indians, Arabs, and Jews really are not different races. Rather, they are different, you know, ethnicities of the human race. You know, all human beings have the same physical characteristics, you know, with minor variations, of course. You know, more importantly, all human beings are equally created in the image and likeness of God. Genesis 1, 26 through 27, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image and in the image of God he created he him male and female created he them God loved the world so much that he sent Jesus to lay down his life for us you know and the world obviously includes all ethnic groups you know God does he doesn't show partiality or favoritism you know, and neither should we, you know, for it is written in Deuteronomy ten seventeen, for the Lord, your God is a God of gods and Lord of lords, a great God, a mighty and a terrible, which regarded not persons, nor taketh reward. Acts chapter 10, verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons in Romans 2 verse 11 there is no respect of persons with God in Ephesians 6 verse 9 and ye masters do the same things unto them forbearing threatening knowing that your master also is in heaven neither is there respect of persons with him in James chapter 2 verses 4 describes you know those who discriminate as judges with evil evil thoughts you know instead you know we are to love our neighbors as ourselves in the old testament you know god divided humanity you know into two ethnic groups jews and gentiles you know and according to exodus 19 verse 6 god's intent you know was for the jews to be you know like a kingdom of priests uh ministering to the to the Gentile nations, you know, instead, you know, there were, there were times, you know, the Jews, uh, you know, became proud of their status and, 
you know, despise the Gentiles. Yet, you know, Jesus, you know, he put an end to this, you know, destroying uh, the dividing wall of hostility. You know, it says in Ephesians 2.14, for he is our peace, for he had made both one and had broken down the middle wall of partition, partition between us. All forms of racism, prejudice, and discrimination are fronts to the work of Christ on the cross. You know, Jesus commands us, you know, to love one another as he loves us. You know, God is impartial. You know, think about this. If God is impartial and loves us, you know, with impartiality, then we need to love others with the same, you know, high standard. You know, Jesus teaches in Matthew 25 that whatever we do, you know, to the least of his brothers, we do to him. And if we treat a person with contempt, you know, we are mistreating a person created in God's image. We're hurting somebody whom God loves and for whom Jesus died. Racism in various forms to various degrees have been a plague on humanity for thousands of years. Brothers and sisters all of all ethnicities, you know, this, um, you know, this shouldn't be, you know, really it's satanic in its essence. You know, James 3.16 says where there's envying and strife, there is confusion in every, every evil work. You know, another thing that's hard, hard to do is, is, the, you know, that victims, you know, racism and prejudice and discrimination, you know, the need to forgive. You know, Ephesians 4.32 declares, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. You know, races, you know, they, they deserve our forgiveness. But keep in mind, keep in mind, we deserve God's forgiveness far less. You know, and those who practice racism, prejudice, and discrimination, let me tell you, you need to repent. You know, Romans 6.13 says, present yourselves to God as alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. Again, let me reiterate, Galatians 3.28, be completely, completely realized. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave or free, male or, or female, for you all are one in Christ Jesus. When I come back in the second hour, has your children, grandchildren, I got 11 grandkids. They haven't asked me this, my kids have. Has anybody ever asked you what race, well, I won't say race, what what color was, was Jesus? Was he black, this, so and so? I'm going to dive into that when I come back in the second hour. Here's Bill, uh, Yolanda Adams. The battle is not yours. It's the Lord's.
Break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. There is power Come on. in the name of Jesus. Come on, you declare it. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power. There is power in the name. In the name of Jesus. We know where it is to break every break every chain. Break every chain. Come on, Santa. Break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. Break every chain. There's an army rising up. There's an army rising up. God provides, so why do I worry about my life? When you come to my rescue a thousand times, every other voice it is a lie. God provides, God provides in ways. 
ways I can't explain and can't deny The little that I have he multiplies Just when I feel he won't show up on time God provides He'll come through When the clouds of doubt rain down on you Test everything you thought you knew Now you finally see what God can do For you So tonight Close your eyes, there's no more need to fight Watch God provide God provides It's hard to say when there's no food to eat Or what you see feels all that life will be And will this be another year of misery For me But my faith Can't survive on just things I see Pamela Mann, and before that, Tasha Cos, and before that, Yolanda Adams, three in a row, top heavy hitters in the gospel music scene. Troy Napoleon Brown here, coming back in the second hour. You know, it doesn't really even matter uh, what skin color Jesus was. I don't think that was important at all, but I'm going to give you some scriptures just in case you ever get presented with that question. I got some of that coming up in, in the next hour here. Stay tuned. Uh, more to come after this. 
Hey, this is Suzanne Stroman, host of the I Am Wife Conversation Hour, broadcasting live every Thursday from 11 a.m. to noon from Fishbowl Studios. Log on to explore the art of mastering your position as wife or a woman with a heart to be a wife. So be sure to log on every Thursday from 11 a.m. to noon to catch the I Am Wife Conversation Hour. Jump in. Podcasters, the name of the game is to get more visibility for your podcast so you can gain more credibility with your audience, thus more profitability. If you're ready to start syndicating your podcast and massively grow your audience and influence, then contact Fishbowl Radio Network today at 817-633-4880. Fishbowl Radio Network is one of the largest streaming platforms in the world. And now your podcast can be heard all over the world by the listening audience that Fishbowl Radio Network has amassed over the last 11 years. With over 6 million impressions a month and growing, this is a platform that all podcasters should be on to create greater visibility for their podcast. Jump in today and be a part of the Fishbowl family, streaming great live internet radio shows and podcasts 24-7, 817-633-4880. Jump in. Hi, this is Diane Marion Eunice, and I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. For the past nine years, I have worked with over 300 couples in the areas of sexual health, communication, and conflict resolution. If you are interested in rebuilding connection and intimacy with your partner, please contact me today. I can be reached at 682-201-8175, or you can email me at diane at let's talkrelationships.org or visit my website at www.letstalkrelationships.org and remember you can't heal if you refuse to deal the centers for disease control and prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus take the following everyday steps to help avoid the spread of all respiratory viruses wash your hands often with soap and water for at least 20 seconds Cover your cough or sneeze with a tissue. Throw the tissue away and then wash your hands. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects or surfaces, such as remote controls and doorknobs. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. And stay home if you are sick. Call your health care provider if you develop fever, cough, or difficulty breathing. For more tips, visit cdc.gov. Dear 16-year-old me, it will be really cool when you get your driver's license. So don't ruin everything by drinking and driving. Drinking is against the law for you anyway. Don't be a total moron because police hate it and you'll get a big fat ticket and maybe jail. And dad will get really mad. So please don't ever drive drunk, Jason. Our future depends on it. Sincerely, me, Jason. Underage drinking, adult consequences. Paid for by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. You're listening to Thy Kingdom Come with Troy Napoleon Brown on Fishbowl Radio Network.
One other thing that the saints in the old church had great confidence in. Yes, they believed that they could make a positive confession. They believed that they could speak to mountains and mountains would disappear. But they also believed in the power of prayer. And in that day, if people had telephones, most of them, their telephones had party lines. And you were in good shape if you didn't have the one party on your line. Some lines had multiple parties. So they envisioned themselves having a straight line to heaven. And there was something about it that when they felt a Holy Ghost connection, in their spirit they heard the Holy Ghost say Jesus is on the main line tell him what you want evangelist Patricia Crutcher Just come.
God has brought me a mighty long way. And if you don't know, well, Jesus is on the main line. Tell him what you want. Amen. Now, have you ever got that question from your children, grandchildren? Uh, and does it, you know, it really doesn't matter. You know, you know, kids are inquisitive or whatever. And there's probably a lot of people that make that argument probably throughout the centuries too. you know, what um, color nationality Jesus was. Well, according to the Bible, we all know. According to the Bible, which is the most important thing, Jesus was uh, a Jew, a Hebrew, or Israelite. You know, he lived in the Middle East and uh, came from the, the line of Shem. Remember, there was three boys of Noah, Ham, Shem, and Japheth. So he comes from the line of Shem. As a result, you know, he uh, would very likely would have had light to medium brown skin, probably brown eyes, dark hair, uh, black hair, excuse me, you know, dark brown you know, while Middle Easterners occasionally have light skin, comparably to, you know, that of Europeans, such skin tones were uh, rare in that, you know, part of the world. You know, in much of Western art, you know, Jesus is portrayed as, you know, having white skin and light hair. So, you know, was Jesus white? Well, the answer might upset some folks that he was very unlikely not, not Caucasian. But, you know, again, I'm going to hit on this point again. Does it really matter that we know the color of Jesus' skin, whether he was black, yellow, brown, or white? Though this may be a controversial issue for some, the truth is that we simply don't know what the color of Jesus' skin was. While there are countless references, you know, to Jesus being Jewish as that, you know, was his heritage, the Bible provides little, if any, description of what jesus might have looked like first it's important to remember that the bible nowhere gives a physical description of jesus the bible does not say anything about his height weight again you know skin color hair color or eye color the, my point is my point is such things are not important to understand who Jesus is. It is a prophet Isaiah who gives us the best narrative, narrative of the physical appearance of Jesus. We see that in Isaiah 53, verse 2. It says, He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty. Or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. That's Isaiah 53 verse 2. If Jesus' skin color and complexion were important, then God would have told us about them. You know, and furthermore, you know, to presume that Jesus is, you know, he's of uh, one color or another is to speculate, to speculate on information not found within the scriptures. As such, you know, it is a useless speculation at best. The Apostle Paul, writing to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 4 says, Neither give heed to fables or endless genealogies which minister questions 
rather than godly edifying, which is in faith. So do. Titus 3 verse 9 says, but avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions, you know, and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. The point is that it does not matter in the whole scheme of redemption what color of skin Jesus had. What matters is what it says in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches, the riches of his grace. So we should, what we should, you know, concern ourselves uh, with when it comes to Jesus. Peter tells us in Second Peter chapter one, verse three, it says we should focus on his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness in other words christ has called us to a life of glory and moral excellence both here and on earth and also in heaven and you know we are to live pure and righteous lives for his glory the message of the passage is clear it is his glory and goodness that attract the human race to seek life and godliness in him it is absolutely, it absolutely, again, has nothing to do with the way he looks or the color of his skin. Apostle Peter also tells us that in uh, Acts 10, verse 34 through 35, that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. And when Jesus calls us, you know, to go out into the world, to the world and teach the gospel. He is telling us that there are, you know, no cultural or racial barriers that we are all one in Christ Jesus. The color of our Savior's skin has no bearing on how or whom we are sharing the gospel. And no, uh, no should our, you know, our neighbor's skin color have any bearing on our imparting the gospel message to them. Also, it is written in Romans chapter one, verse 16. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also the Greek. In other words, and also the Gentile. You know, the apostles of the first, you know, century church adapted, you know, to the cultures of, uh, of the foreign countries, you know, that they went to. But they never did so you know, at the cost of their, uh, let me say, their fidelity to the law, the law of Christ. The Apostle Paul may have changed his method of teaching whenever he, you know, entered a new culture or, or foreign land, but he never changed his message. He kept preaching the same thing he had always taught, regardless of the color of his listener's skin. What mattered was that they received the good news of Christ. The truth is that the message of the gospel of Christ worked then and the gospel still works today. It still reaches into the hearts of those who yearn to know God, whether they are black, white, yellow, or brown. It's not the color of Jesus' skin or the 
the color of our neighbor's skin that matters in our eternal destiny. But what does it, what does it that, you know, salvation is found? It says in Act 4.12, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must, we must be saved. So my last message on this last Saturday, Black History Month 2023, it's going to be the good news. And that's what we're supposed to do is talk about the good news, the gospel, the gospel of peace. And that's going to be my my last message. Uh, stay with me. I go to uh, to some commercial. And I'll be right back after this podcasters the name of the game is to get more visibility for your podcast so you can gain more credibility with your audience thus more profitability if you're ready to start syndicating your podcast and massively grow your audience and influence then contact fishbowl radio network today at 817-633-4880 fishbowl radio network is one of the largest streaming platforms in the world and now your podcast can be heard all over the world by the listening audience that fishbowl Radio Network has amassed over the last 11 years. With over 6 million impressions a month and growing, this is a platform that all podcasters should be on to create greater visibility for their podcast. Jump in today and be a part of the Fishbowl family, streaming great live internet radio shows and podcasts 24-7-817-633-4880. Jump in. Hi, this is your host, Pastor Clemens of the God's Warrior Show, broadcasting live each week on Saturday at 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Now log on to hear feel good gospel music, inspiration words, and exciting guest interviews. Be sure to log on to God's Warrior Show on Fishbowl Radio Network every Saturday to receive the blessing that you've been waiting for. On Fishbowl Radio Network, jump in. Hey, this is Pastor Albert and Lady LaVon. Catch our show, Walk the Talk Ministries, every Wednesday from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. On our show, you'll be able to hear real-life testimonials and real-world experiences, informing, inspiring, educating, uplifting, and encouraging you in your Christian walk. All while having fun and being transparent. So tune in Wednesdays at 7 p.m. for Walk the Talk Ministries. Where we just don't talk about it, we be about it. On FishbowlRadioNetwork.com. Jump in. Here's today's STEM tip. Don't throw out that old plastic bottle. Repurpose it by turning it into an awesome terrarium. Just fill it with sand, pebbles, soil, and your favorite plant. It'll grow sealed right in its own ecosystem. Learn more at She Can STEM. A message from the Ad Council. Podcasters and internet radio hosts, it's time to take your show to the next level. Hi, my name is Sammy G, a 30-plus year radio broadcasting veteran, public speaker, and voiceover artist. And for the last 11 years, now the proud owner of Fishbowl Radio Network, the largest and most listened to streaming platform and radio station facility of its kind. Two years ago, I created a proprietary system to help podcasters and internet radio hosts learn how to program their show like the pros, build a constantly growing and loyal fan base, and monetize their show. I teach this system every six weeks via Zoom to individuals all over the world. The Behind the Mic Masterclass is six one-hour classes that will finally take your show to the next level. Call today, 817-633-4880. 817-633-4880. 817-633-4880. 817-633-4880. 
617-633-4880 and reserve your seat for the next Behind the Mic Masterclass. Radio is all about sounds. Here's one you may never have heard. That's the sound of ribs cracking. Happens a lot in car accidents when you're not wearing a seatbelt and you get thrown forward. And this one is your skull fracturing and pressing into your brain. If you think that's gross, you should hear it from the inside. Buckle up, America. Every trip, every time. You're listening to Thy Kingdom Come with Troy Napoleon Brown on Fishbowl Radio Network.
He's preparing me because I care.
high as a mountain Looked all around, couldn't find nobody Went out into the deepest valley Looked all around down there, couldn't find nobody Across the deep blue sea Couldn't find one to compare To your grace, your love, your mercy Nobody greater, nobody greater than you Searched all over Couldn't find nobody I looked high and low Still couldn't find nobody, nobody great, nobody greater, no, nobody greater than you. Searched all over, couldn't find nobody. I looked high and low, still couldn't find nobody. Nobody greater, nobody greater, nobody greater than you. Nobody can heal like you can. Oh, most holy one, you are the great I am. Awesome in all your ways and my. You are he who carried out redemption's plan. You are he who carried out redemption's plan. Couldn't find nobody. I look high and low. Still couldn't find nobody. Nobody great. Nobody greater, Jesus. Nobody greater than you. Search all over. Search all over. Couldn't find no. Couldn't find no
That's Bashan Mitchell. Nobody greater than you. And let me tell you why there's nobody greater than him. The word gospel literally means good news and occurs 93 times in the Bible, exclusively in the New Testament. In the Greek, it is a word, Ieglion, from which we get our English words, evangelist, evangel, and uh, evangelical. The gospel is, broadly speaking, the whole of Scripture. More narrowly, the gospel is the good news. The good news concerning Christ and the way of salvation. The key to understanding the gospel is to know why it is good news. And to do that, you know, we must start with the bad news. You know, the Old Testament law was given to Israel during the time of Moses. You can go back and look at that. That's in Deuteronomy 5.1. You know, it says, and Moses called all Israel and said unto them, Hear, O Israel, the statutes and judgments which I speak in your ears today, this day, that ye may learn them and keep and do them. You know, the law can be thought of a, as a measuring stick. You know, and sin is anything that falls short of uh, perfect according to that standard. The righteous requirement of the law is so stringent that, you know, no other human being could possibly follow it perfectly in letter or in spirit. You know, despite our goodness or badness related to each other, we're all, we're all in the same, same boat. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And, and a lot of us deserve the punishment uh, for that sin is death. Separation, eternal separation from God, who is the source of life. Again, it says in Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned, come short of the glory of God. In order for us to get to heaven, God's dwelling place in the realm of light and life, you know, sin must be somehow removed or paid for. You know, and the law established the fact that cleansing from sin can only happen, you know, through the blood, bloody sacrifice of an innocent life. Hebrews 9.22 says, and almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is, there is no remission. The gospel involves Jesus' death on the cross as a sin offering to fulfill the law's righteous requirement. It says in Romans 8, 3 through 4, it says, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son, in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condense him sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And in Hebrews 10, verses 5 through 10, it says, Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared me, and burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, that has, has no pleasure. Then said I, lo, I come to do thy will, O God. Above when he says, sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings, an offering of sin thou wouldest not, neither had pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He take it away the first, that he may establish the second, by the which we, uh, we will are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and you know, for all. And under the law, you know, animal sacrifices were offered year after year as a reminder, you know, of sin and a symbol of the coming sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. When Christ offered himself at Calvary, that symbol became a reality for all who, get this, 
would believe, would believe. You know, the work of atonement, atonement is finished now, and that is, that is the good news. The gospel also involves Jesus' resurrection on the third day. It says in Romans 4.25, he was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. The fact that Jesus conquered sin and death, sin's penalty, you know, is good news. Indeed, you know, the fact that he offers to share that victory with us is the greatest news of all. You know, it says in John 14, verse 19, yet a little while, a little while, the world seeth me no more, but ye see me because I live and ye shall live also. The elements of the gospel are clearly, clearly stated by the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 3 to 6. A key passage concerning the good news of God. It was the Apostle wrote that for what I've received, I pass on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, who was uh, Peter, and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most whom are still living that's first corinthians chapter 15 3 through 6 now notice first that paul received the gospel and then passed it on this is a you know a divine message not a man-made you know invention and secondly the gospel is like he wrote uh is of first importance you know everywhere the, the apostles went you know they preached the crucifixion and resurrection of christ thirdly the message of the gospel is accompanied by proofs it says christ died for our sins proved you know by his burial and then he rose again the third day proved again by eyewitnesses and fourth all of this was done according to the scriptures the theme of the whole bible is the salvation the salvation of mankind through christ you know, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first the Jew, then the Gentile. Again, that's Romans chapter 1, verse 16. The gospel is a bold message, and I'm not ashamed of proclaiming it. It's a powerful message because it is God's good news. It is a, a saving message. The only thing that can truly get this reform the human heart it is a universal message for jews and gentiles both and the gospel is and when it's received by faith you know salvation is a free gift from god so it says in ephesians 2 verses 8 through 9 for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is a gift from god not of works lest any man should boast the gospel is good news that god loves the world enough to give his only son to die for our sins we all know john three sixteen. the gospel is good news because our salvation and eternal life and home in heaven are guaranteed through christ 
says in John chapter 14, verses 1 through 4, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, they ye may be also. And whether I go, ye know the way ye know. First Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 4 says, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept for is kept in heaven for you. The gospel is good news when we understand that you know we do not have and cannot earn our salvation. The work of redemption and justification is complete, having been finished on the cross. It says in John nineteen thirty, when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, It is finished, and he bowed his head. And he gave up his spirit. Jesus is the propitiation for our sins. And he himself is a propitiation for our sins and not ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. The gospel is good news that we who were once enemies of God have been reconciled by the blood of Christ and adopted into the family of God. Romans chapter 5 verse 10 says for if while we were enemies we were reconciled to God through the death of his son much more having been reconciled we shall be saved by his life amen but as as many received him to them he gave the right to become the children of God to those who believe in his name the gospel is good news that there is now no condemnation, none, for those who are in Christ Jesus. Let me wrap this up here. Here's a warning, and I say this in love. To reject the gospel is to embrace the bad news. Condemnation before God is a result of a lack of faith in the Son of God. God's only provision for salvation. You know, John chapter 3, verses 17 through 18 says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. God has given a doomed world good news. And that is nobody greater. The gospel of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Well, my time is winding up. Um, thank you for joining me today. I hope uh, these four teachings that I gave you today, I hope you really got something out of them and I pray that um, that uh, you continue to go on every day we see a lot that's going on in the world a lot of calamity and you know all this other stuff happening but just stay focused keep 
moving forward. Keep praying for one another. Keep loving one another. Asking God to strengthen us and keep us. Because God will always, will always deliver. Amen. Tell somebody about the show. I'm here every Saturday, 3 to 5 p.m. Central Standard Time here in Fishbowl Radio Network in uh, Hearst, Texas. It's going out with, let's go out with the William Brothers in again. God will. He will deliver. Have a blessed week. Love you.
Chapter 43 and 44. 